Hello and welcome to Shachle. I'm Fiona McArdle. She, Fiona McArdle, Nish, as Pavilion Golta Kashud, Gasaclair Show, Shachle. Red Ellen, a splash moor, the big splash art trail, and Mills of Hospice Isle of Man and its new Wild in Art trail. Buid Asaja, Speed and Light, painted journey around the world famous TT course. Paul Parker's new exhibition, curated by Hannah Murphy, Aslioran, and books, and a new publication by Paul Quayle. But first, let's join Chairman of the Organising Committee of Praying the Keels, Goyal Padger Egnashan Kjartinen. Phil Crain tells us about the final two days of the event, Friday the 27th of May and Saturday the 28th. Friday night at 7 o'clock, meeting at St James's in Dolby. There'll be food provided there. Then um, for those who want to stride out, we'll go along to the White Beach. And for those who haven't been there, that's a lovely spot. It's inaccessible by vehicle and it's always remarkably peaceful and undisturbed. And then we come back to Nyarble Beach for um, service, led by Cheryl and the, the crew at uh, Dolby. So about a two and a half mile altogether stroll and bring torches, head torches there for the late night. Will it be? The sun goes down at 9.36 precisely, so we'll uh, be lovely on Nyarble Beach to witness that. And finally, Saturday the 28th, we have a... Day walk on Langness, meeting at 10 o'clock at the car park at the end of the track on the western side of the peninsula. And we'll do some twitching. So bring binoculars along and we'll see some of the wonderful marine life, marine seabirds that hang around there. And we'll look at the peninsula more broadly. We'll walk then back along to the keel on St Michael's Isle. We can't go too close because there's nesting going on at this time of year I think in the old gable, the belfry of the keel which is one of the best preserved keels actually it's, it's, the walls are still high even if it's roofless so we'll get as near as we can to that and we'll have some prayers there and then we'll there's a lot of interest at Langness there's a promontory fort, there's the old civil war fort too on St Michael's Isle but we'll go down the east coast mindful of the many shipwrecks that have been there and the provider the provider stone which is hard to find for the one disaster but also bearing in mind the other shipwreck the racehorse which went down in 1822 so it's the bicentenary of that i think it actually happened towards the end of the year maybe december in 1822 but there'll be something to mark the occasion i think planned for that then but we'll be there a few months early and we will remember the racehorse disaster and others lost at sea around that treacherous currents around langness so that'll be probably about six miles altogether with stops for lunch and the reflection there. If you want to just bow out at lunch, that's fine. If you want to join us at the keel at lunchtime, that's fine. So, But otherwise, you're welcome to the whole day for the six-miler. But no dogs on that walk. Please bring a, a packed lunch and drinks along. As you know, there'll be no steep gradients down at Langness, but there's no shelter either, so bring along waterproofs particularly for that. Phil Crane telling us about the final two days of this year's Praying the Keels. Gorpadja Egnashan Hjaltinen. 
Eis bydol Elian Vannon echor e bon yns Nike Jag 3 ys Cefyd, ons Cronk Sydney, as eis ons Red Kensington ons Dulish, ons Trogol emnyset spydol Nubrysia. Ren forsle dan chyd sornsach ons Nike Jag hoch Jag ys Cefyd. Van edin crowther yn chyd echt yr en, Jay Spiddle Ellen Vannon, huri yn yrd enem, MBE, son yn ober ec, ons Nike Jag, Cae Jag ys Cae Feed. As ona tynfol, ons Feed Cead as Tri Jag. Nysanma, Daddy Spiddle Ellen Vannon, gus trogol no yrie, er talu yn taili ys nobl, ach tan Spiddle cwr trimed, dyfelu nys, na sesach gastel ach sêr, ta cyr cyreil fylach a soroli nasti, as cyreil da sorensi ec geren an mei. Ta dain an spidol na sorensi nan lochtai as nan gyreiladaren a foldol, as tad cyr sen dau red tain a sgui, sa trogol spidol hyn, sa tai na ons a chofofol. In order to offer its specialist palliative and end-of-life care services free of charge to patients, their families and carers, Hospice Isle of Man needs constantly to fundraise towards its running costs. In addition to donations and bequests, the hospice invites membership, organises a monthly prize draw and also has shops which help raise money. However, these also help to raise the profile of Hospice Isle of Man throughout the community. The Chief Executive of Hospice Isle of Man is Anne Mills. You're just about to launch a new initiative, which is the Big Splash Art Trail. What will the public be able to see of the Big Splash Art Trail? The public will be able to see 33 large dolphins around the island, and they're beautifully painted by fantastic artists and of course it's a sculpture trail, a wilding art trail and it's all about raising funds for Hospice Isle of Man and it's a fun way to do it. We've got most of the schools involved as well, making uh, painting baby dolphins, calves and they'll all be out on indoor trails. So if anyone remembers the wallabies or the cows it's a similar thing but it's going to be great fun. It's the biggest art trail on the Isle of Man yet and we're really looking forward to it. It's quite exciting this week. Mm. I think the art trails are absolutely fantastic for the public. And for us to choose dolphins, you know, we thought, right, okay, we had the wallaby last time, what are we going to do this time? And we got in touch with our colleagues in Manx Whale and Dolphin Watch, and we said, what do you think if we were to choose a dolphin as our sculpture, would you like to get involved with us? And they were absolutely delighted. And then the Arts Council came on board and they're absolutely delighted and they'll be working with the schools and doing lots of work with schools, painting dolphins and doing some work there. But really, I mean, it's all about raising funds for hospice and doing it in a fun way and thinking around how we can give back to the public. I mean, when we actually do an art trail like this, it's about giving back to the public who are so generous to the hospice in return. So it's a great way for us to fundraise and it's a great way for the public to get out and out and about and be a tourist in their own island. In what way is it fundraising for you then? How is that fundraising element attached to the art trail? The dolphins are all sponsored either through gifts in kind from everybody that's involved with us, from finding out where we're going to put these dolphins to making the plinths that they stand on, to delivering them, to getting them all out on Thursday night and so that they're all out for the trail on Friday. 
a um, printing for us, doing some marketing for us. You know, you've no idea the amount of work that goes on in the background. And then, of course, there's our presenting partners and the sponsors who've got right behind the dolphins. And so presenting partners this year are Kel Properties and Manning Hotels. And app sponsors are Sunterra. We're very delighted by that. The app goes live on Friday. And there's a lot of last-minute tweaking going on in the app, as you can imagine. So the app goes live on Friday. And our other sponsors are the Arts Councils, and they're our education partners. So to find out all about whales and dolphins, etc., that circulate around the Isle of Man is absolutely fantastic. So being a UNESCO biosphere site, you couldn't ask for more. So we've been doing lots of work in the schools around sustainability and what we sell in our shops and recycling and just general information about being a biosphere and about going green if you like you know and just helping the children to understand what hospice is about and getting engaged with hospice at a very young age and maybe finding out just about that hospice can be a happy place as well as a place where people come to die and it's very very sad but a lot of people go home again and they live great lives with their pain managed and you know and we can help them stay at home as well if that's their wish to do so so I think it's all about getting behind us as a cause. The sponsorships, it wasn't cheap. It was £6,000 to sponsor a dolphin. So we've had great support from our corporate partners, though. And we'll be selling merchandise in all of our shops. So there's anything you can possibly imagine to do with a dolphin is in the shops to do at the moment. And we'll be having our live auction night. So the farewell weekend dates to remember, the 8th and 9th of October. And then our live auction night is on the 12th of October. So that's where, in actual fact, people will come and bid for the dolphin sculptures. It was their favourite. So we've already got quite a few people actually saying, well, I want my dolphin. I want this one. I want two. And so we know that we're going to have great fun that night again. I think the last time when we did the Wallaby Trail, on the night we raised somewhere near £250,000. So that was absolutely phenomenal. But Wild and Art are the world leaders in these sculpture trails to help raise money for charities. And it's just great that the whole island's got involved with us at this stage. And then we'll look forward to the auction night. We've got some very special dolphins. We've got one that's been designed by Nicole Stott. And it's for the Earth, of the Earth. And of course, Nicole is an astronaut and she's been up in space a few times. So we've got a bit of a partnership going on with NASA and the the Space for Art Foundation. So she designed the dolphin. She's over there at the moment. And so Kate Somerville, an artist who's done another dolphin for us, painted it for her. We've got a very special dolphin, the TT dolphin. He's out on the trail at the moment. Well, he's in our Strand Street shop. But he was launched last Friday at our Splash Gala. And he'll be going out in the trail the whole time, moving around and just generally being where people are. And um, with Manx Whale and Dolphin Watch, they'll be letting us know where they've sighted dolphins as well. And we'll take one of our dolphins and be looking out at the ocean to let people know where it is they can go and sight the dolphins. And um, we've got another wee calf, a baby dolphin called Checkers. And all of the riders are going to sign him. So we're hoping that there'll be some enthusiast will want to snap him up at the auctions so it's going to be fantastic we've got some really exciting stuff on the trail this year chief executive of hospice isle of man and mills the big splash art trail with its pod of 30 dolphins is launching tomorrow friday the 27th of may and will run to september not only helping to raise awareness of the work of Hospice Isle of Man, 
but also helping to attract the funds necessary to enable it to provide its services. Melina sonen hirt bi jolu en blio generation tt. Tareltas vanen er nixon imskelia leol generation tt er de feed kid as ne. Hen kuntas a radio ernerachen per je ege hood slu, on snaiki jeg jayas feed. Tregau radio vanen tajach uns tai trolch uns macher his vai corneal signpost. Van hidem scalia lias chrila kuntas ulium agirtachus. Ta radio vanen maier enyan yesh, kindachrish e kuntas, ta genuima jayan vogel, am, fornenem radio tt. Manx National Heritage has been preparing a special gallery to exhibit a collection of motorbikes and other associated TT memorabilia, but unfortunately it's not open for this TT. However, there will be a special TT-themed art event curated by Hannah Murphy, and it features the work of Paul Parker. The exhibition's called Speed and Light and it's opening just in time for TT 2022. So it'll be open from the 27th of this month and it runs through until end of MGP, September the 26th. It's at the Art Gallery. Um, It's a lovely large space. Um, You'll be able to see it as soon as you walk in through the doors. You'll be hit with Speed and Light, hoping that lots of people come to see it over the TT period. The theme is a journey around the TT course, Um, so we were guided by that. Um, The artist, Paul Parker, very prolific, um, he's produced a lot of paintings. Um, He went around the TT course and took about 2,000 photographs. So he had the tough job of making the selection of what he wanted to paint. And we decided we're going to do this exhibition probably about three or four years ago. We were hit with lockdowns, etc. So Paul had some time to work on the content. I think he could have done more paintings, actually, um, but it was was very good to have that theme to keep us focused. Um, So we've laid out the works as a journey around the course, and there's a a numbered system. Um, Paul's mentioned that it's a painting per mile, I think, he's gone for. So we're hoping that people come along and see if they can spot those iconic landscapes and riders around the course. Paul Parker, how did you approach this exhibition then in terms of what media you're going to use and how you're going to go about it? In the media, I painted for oils, watercolour, acrylics, pen and ink. The subject sort of dictates which of those I'm going to use. If you want something very soft, you can go for oils. If you want something sharpish, which is the bikes, acrylics is the thing to use. Watercolour you can use for anything. The pen and ink, architectural things on the main, fairly small. People tend to, they enjoy those. They, it sort of gives the illusion of more detail than pure watercolour. There isn't, but it gives the effect of more detail. So it's, it's just dependent on depending on the subject, which one I use. Mm. You know, In the past, I've started it in, in PVA and then, and then overworked it in oils. But what you can do, so you know, there's no plan as such. I don't work to that sort of thing. I just uh, start it and see how we go. Looking at the paintings themselves, there's quite a difference, say, between looking at the one of Balaf Bridge there, which is, and there are others which are, I suppose, you call them more painterly in their style. 
acrylics. All the bikes are, all the bikes. But that there is your watercolour, a very soft effect, and you know, very soft effect. Um, the bikes are all done, does that, because it dries fast, you can overpaint. You don't have to think about how you're overpainting, you can go thick over thin, thick over thin over thick, however you fancy. Mm. So it, it gives you a great deal of options to, to play with paint, basically, which you do with the bikes, there's a lot going on. It's painted on, just laid on, stuck on with paper. I mean, any application you can to try to get the effect of the movement. Mm. Well, whether or not you do is debatable <laughs> at times, but, you know, that, that's the plan. Do you find, then, that that's more achievable, that idea of the speed and the energy comes out more? I mean, it's probably be difficult in watercolour to achieve that kind of effect. You wouldn't get the same effect at all. You could get a very similar effect in oil obviously but uh, you get a softer effect in oil but this dry brush this throwing paint on for want of a better word you'd have to wait such a long time for things to dry between there's no point and there's no point in trying to paint something soft in a medium that sort of is easier to paint something hard a medium which is essentially can be soft like oil to paint something sharp what's the point mm. you use the medium to to suit the subject you're doing. Mm. Oh, that's how I work anyway. I know you can do anything in oil. You can do anything in, in the PVA, but uh, just how it suits me to work. Because I, I suppose, essentially, I work a bit chaotically. So in oils, I, I, I'd be scraping stuff off and starting again. Whereas in the PVA, I can just paint over it. Mm. You know, your watercolours, you need to be thought out a bit more because of course you can't overpaint them mm. so you can start them get a bit over the top and that's in the bin you know because <laughs> you can't save them no. you know so it's, it's horses for courses there's no real plan as such mm. uh, Hannah mentioned about an image for every mile is that roughly how it works out <laughs> <laughs> they're not an image per mile you find there's quite a few are sort of in the same area you know because it's just the things I fancied to paint this one's been done entirely for me. I've done what I want to do and there's no thought to being commercial or trying to please anybody except myself, mm. which is very rare. Very rare. <laughs> <laughs> Will people be able to purchase any of the images? All for sale. Now, I don't see any point in doing things if they're not for sale. You've got to finance it. You've got to pay for the picture framing. You've got to eat. You know. So, yeah, it's all for sale. So hopefully somebody will buy something <laughs> or I'll have a lot of pictures hanging in the house <laughs> they will be for sale on the Manx National Heritage online shop on our website www.manxnationalheritage.im Artist Paul Parker and his exhibition in the Manx Museum in Douglas Speed and Light A Painted Journey Round the World Famous TT Course Curated by Hannah Murphy of Manx National Heritage. Ta po quail nevard satui vur. Ach te ve erd smunyachdach, Lorish search de vardach gautojach on san chapen. Ta kuste railen on, mcion cray lither gos jach on den, as tan schlei fear on screw den ta geirchen railen. Ach, ta fus jinu kuntas achtel, jay shallad unsemsha. What is a haiku? Three lines. First five syllables, then seven and five. But 
That's an oversimplification of what happens in this form of short poem, originating in Japan. And writers in English and other languages have adapted it, although always retaining its short form. Paul Quayle from Lazare has just published another collection of his haiku, which he launched at Quayle's Hall in Ramsey last Saturday. Paul Quayle, you've just brought out a new book of 2020 haiku. How did these particular haiku come about in this collection? This was something that I ended up doing by accident almost. I'm working towards an exhibition, hopefully in in Laxey later in the year, and I was going through the poems I'd written in 2020 with an eye towards that, and I realised that during lockdown particularly, in 2020, I'd I'd written a nice uh, group of poems, and they'd all come about with being stuck at home like everybody was of course and this created a different sort of haiku experience I found and a more in the past my my work's been based on going out into the landscape and visiting historic sites and using that as the inspiration for the poems but these poems come from a different place of being more insular and stuck at home kind of thing but still exploring that that world and the night sky particularly um, was an inspiration mm-hmm. so so that was um, yeah just came about by accident really and um, yeah I, I liked it so I thought I'd um, be completely self-indulgent and publish it. <laughs> we mentioned that the night sky is an inspiration what is it about the night sky that inspired you to write haiku? It, it was something I, I started noticing more and more um, a few years ago really um, before my first book I, I, I started um, incorporating poems in that that was where they first cropped up and uh, you might remember the pages in that one were all black for the night poems and that was that was good fun um, yeah they started off just with forays with the dog before bedtime last walk before bed and and you'd start there's times when you saw some amazing things planets setting and and just 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 things like that that you it's only when you start looking you notice them and the picture on the cover of this one is not some noctilucent clouds which you can only see around about midsummer they're the highest clouds in the atmosphere um which are still being uplit at the north pole so it's like looking over the horizon and and seeing them so i found that really magical i've only ever seen them twice I've managed to just about photograph it. It's a bit grainy. And the T-shirt I've got on as well is a, an inverted print of that. So that was, that's good fun as well. But yeah, they're, they're interesting. But the, um, the flip side of them is they reckon if, you, if we're able to see them, it's, a, it's not such a good thing because it's probably atmospheric pollution that's uh, causing them to become more visible these days. So. You mentioned going out, particularly with the narrow road to the deep south. That was a progressive journey in memory of Roger. These ones, you can't get much further away from us than the night sky, but you're saying that in general you're out with the dog and very much in the close area around your house you found inspiration. Yeah, they, they, they were just in, like everyone, you weren't allowed to go very far and then gradually you were able to branch out and go a bit further. So through, through during the course of the book there's there's poems from beaches and various other places and once I got back to work as well there's one from Douglas even there and um, so as the as the book goes on you can see how things um, opened up throughout the year and and I started getting out and about again as well so it's uh, it's interesting interesting sort of year yeah strange year 
I guess. Paul Quayle and the launch of his latest collection, his third book of haiku, 2020 Haiku. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Shachle. Shachle will be back next Thursday evening, but now from me, Ach, Nishvom, Fiona McArdle, Slim Liu.